The Floatcast is brought to you by FlotationLocations.com. Flotation Locations is the number one place to list your, your flotation center. If you are opening, uh, it is the absolute place to go if you're looking for a place to float. Um, they've been on board with the podcast pretty much since day one, which I sincerely appreciate, and they are doing amazing things for the industry. Um, pretty much they have an online database set up where you can go and upload your information about your float center. Um, and people who want to go float, they have an interactive map where they can input their uh, zip code or their city or state and it will find a float center near them. Um, also, if you're a manufacturer, um, you can team up with them also, and they'll help you get found to uh, reach out to people that are looking to open up float centers as far as selling your tanks goes. Uh, so they're definitely a, a great great place to team up with. Um, they all, also offer something called Float Saver, uh, which people, you can you can float for less. Basically, you can find a float center, um, and if they're, if they're teamed up with the guys, then uh, you can buy a float at a special price through the uh, through the float saver and float for less. So definitely check them out. Uh, what's going on, guys? This is episode thirty-eight of the Floatcast. Floatcast is the podcast all about floating, float tanks, isolation tanks, uh, whatever you want to call them. They all have the same goal. Uh, and uh, once again, I have to start off with an apology. Uh, I kind of told you guys last time I was going to be doing a lot more, and I really didn't intend to. Um, we're just kind of having a little bit of issues with the logistics. I was kind of saying it last time, the logistics of getting the podcast done and recorded. Um, the place that we're in, not that it's small, um, but it's not really conducive to us doing a podcast uh, when there's people floating just because of noise issues. Um, you don't really want to have to worry about telling somebody to be quiet while you're recording something. That's not, that's not good. Uh, but... I think we kind of have it figured out, and we have one. Uh, we have one scheduled to come out tomorrow. We have one scheduled for next Monday, and uh, we're gonna try and set them up and schedule them from here on out. I might even do, uh, you know, we might even set aside like one day every two weeks where I just do podcasts with people. Um, and if you're a float center and you're inter- interested in coming on the podcast, you can email me at thefloatplace at gmail dot com, and. Uh, Give me your info. I'll definitely team up. I know. I know. I have somebody from Australia who wants to come on. Um, we had some time issues, <laughs> time zone issues. We had to figure out, but I'm sure we, you know, I'm sure we can get that done. Uh, as far as the float center go, things are going pretty well. Uh, obviously, we're, we're not exactly where I want to be, which is completely packed. We're nowhere near that, but we're, but we're on our way. Uh, we're gonna bring. We decided we're gonna bring my tank over there uh, sooner than later. And the main reason we're doing it is so that people have uh, choice. And I realize that that is a really, really big benefit to op- when you're opening a center, when you're planning things out, is to give people choices. Uh, right now we have two rooms there, and I have one tank here at my home. Uh, we're going to bring the, my, my tank over there so that we'll have three total float center uh, float spots, pools, I guess you could say. One, one, one of them will be a tank. So when people come, they can they can choose the tank if they want to. What I'm noticing is that people who are uh, more hardcore floaters tend to prefer tanks over, and I'm not really sure why that is. Maybe it's because the air, the difference between the air and the water, in my opinion, is easier to maintain a homeostasis when you're in a, a tank because there's a smaller amount of it and obviously a much smaller amount of air above the water. I think they're also a little bit easier to maintain, uh, you know, tanks over rooms. But everybody has a preference. The rooms are definitely much more inviting for somebody who uh, who's first getting into floating. 
you know, somebody who doesn't want to go into a smaller environment or or like a tank, um, a room is obviously much more inviting. So there are different things, obviously, to think about, different options to measure out. Obviously, the rooms are much more expensive than the tanks are. You can get a good deal on an escape pod, you know, and and just get yourself up and go from there. Um, Jeremy makes a real good product, and I don't know. You could start off pretty cheap. Um, in when I say cheap, I mean uh, inexpensive. I don't mean cheap as far as you know total cost goes. Anyway, uh, yeah. So that's what's going on there. We're gonna bring the tank over. Hopefully, at some point in the next two to three months, we have some issues we got to get straightened out. Obviously, with permits and plumbers and electricians and that kind of fun stuff. But um, other than that, things are going all right. I think we're gonna switch. We were using the mind body software for a while. Uh, I think we're gonna switch over to the float helm, which is made by the boys out in uh, out in Portland. Uh, I've been seeing real good reviews about it, and I think that it would be wisest to go with a a program that is geared exactly towards float centers rather than a generic booking type software like uh, like mind body is. I haven't really had too many issues with the mind body. But like I said, something that's geared exactly towards float centers, I think, would be the, the best thing. So, for everybody headed out to the uh, to the conference, hope you guys have a good time. Uh, like I said, I will not be headed out, but my my partner Hardy will be out there representing. Say hello to him. I'm sure he's going to be talking to everybody in everybody's ear because that's what he does. Says hello to people. He's a very friendly dude. Uh, so enjoy enjoy it. Get educated. Say hello to everybody. Um, and like I said last year, it's such a great environment and it's such a great room to just walk into and just feel the energy from the room. It's, it's awesome. I'm kind of, I, I kind of first told Hardy, I didn't really mind. I wasn't going, but as it gets closer, I'm like, you know, I kind of wish I was going, but that's all right. Somebody's got to man the fort back home. Uh, so once we get the, uh, once we get the tank moved over, you know, probably another couple of months from now, I am going to start working here. Because now I'm going to have this beautiful empty space that I used to have my tank in. Uh, I'm going to start working on building a float room tanks hybrid type thing. Um, it's not going to be a full-size float room where it's gigantic and big and cavernous. Um, it's also not going to be a smaller tank. I have some real ideas in my head. I'm terrible at writing things down and drawing or in illustrations and that kind of thing. So I think that it's going to have to be the kind of thing where I build it in my head and kind of just go along with it and, and have the picture in my head but don't really write it down. And until it's done, I'm not really going to know for sure what it's looked like. But I've done that before with some things, and it's always worked out all right. Uh, yeah, so I'm excited about that. Um, and the idea is possibly once we start once we have the tank done and, and we have the issues worked out, because I'm sure there will be issues. Nothing's perfect the first time out. Um, once we have the issues worked out, if we ever want to add more tanks or more rooms or anything like that, we can, we'll build them rather than buying them. Um, I don't know how much money it's going to save us. Cause I have no idea how much money it's going to cost to build, but we'll, we'll see. I guess time will tell. Um, but once it is built, I'm going to have to, you know, Get a nice quality filtration system for it. Fill it with some nice quality salt. Uh, oh, salt-wise, I probably will get my salt from the uh, San Francisco Salt Company. Uh, they are located, obviously, in San Francisco, but they have shipping points also on the East Coast. Um, you can contact them by calling 1-800-480-4540, or they could be found at sfsalt.com. 
Um, they have a lot of different varieties of salt. They have bath salts, spa salt, chef salts, black truffle salts, which is brand new. Um, and as far as our our use uh, for Epsom salts, they have two kinds of USP quality uh, Epsom salts. One of them is made here in the United States, and one of them is made overseas. The overseas one is a little bit cheaper, although it's you know it's guaranteed just like the other one is. Um, so it's good. They offer a couple of different varieties, but the you know both of them are USP grade, so both quality salts. So once I get my room done, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get my my salt from them because um, I have before, and it's it's been good. It's it's quality stuff. So I'm definitely I was getting it local, but now I'm going to get it from these guys. Um, I'm also going to have to obviously order salt for the for the center for once I move my tank over. So I'm probably just going to get a huge shipment and ship it all at once because that's the cheapest way to do it. Um, also, uh, I've I've been in contact with somebody who's got a float room tank thing. Yeah, I, I guess we'll call it a float room. It's it's one that's made one that's made by a major manufacturer, um, and he's been having some issues. <clears throat> excuse me, he's been having some issues with keeping his keeping his water clean. Um, and I asked him to send me a copy, or I asked him what kind of you know, what measures he was taking now, and I asked him about his filtration, and pretty much everything you would need to know for filtration and sanitation, I, I you know, I wanted to know. Um, and I found out that he wasn't using uh, hydrogen peroxide, uh, and he also wasn't using chlorine. Um, and as per the manufacturer, he's using uh, diacomiscus earth, I think it's pronounced. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Um but he wasn't using peroxide and he was having some real issues with the water and it wasn't staying clean. And, um, I really, really, I'm not, I'm not going to say that, that they are wrong, but I'm really, really going to encourage everybody to not just follow whatever, uh, whatever tank manufacturer says as far as your water goes. Um, and in some States there are no, that particular state he lives in there, there is no exact code for what he's supposed to do. Um, I think he's actually by himself in, in the state that he's in. So there's no code written for what, what he's supposed to have in his tank. So he kind of was just going by the manufacturer's recommendations. Um, They're also recommending that he changes his water every few months, like three to four months. And it's like, yo, man, like that's really, it's very costly. And in, in my opinion, if they are recommending the, that you change your water that often, that there's an issue um, with the way that they're, they're keeping their water clean. Um, so I really encourage everybody to do their own research as far as the use of hydrogen peroxide goes, um, the use of a UV light or a ozonator or one of the other, or or if it comes with an ozonator, the idea of switching it to UV light or vice versa, or, or just definitely just explore other things versus just what the manufacturer tells you. Because in this particular case... Um, his water was not clean, um, and it was it could have really created an issue pretty quickly. Um, you know, if it's done right, and it's if it's if water's the way it's supposed to be, it the water is clear as day. Um, I, I still have never had an issue with somebody getting ill or ear infections or anything like that. You know, no complaints at all. So it's very very important. Obviously, we all know to keep your water clean. So just definitely. Don't just follow what they uh, what they recommend. So, speaking of manufacturers slash 
authors. Uh, that's right, slash authors. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to release a podcast uh, that I recorded last week with Shane. Um, Shane Stott from uh, Zen Float Tent. Um, and he uh, he wrote a book. And he wrote a book all about his journey, who got him into floating, the benefits of floating. The book is mainly about... Um, the book is mainly about the benefits of floating um, because there are a lot of us out there when they ask us about it, sometimes sometimes we get like almost lost like trying to explain everything because there's so many things to explain. Um, and he tried to put it all down and it's something that is easily readable. It reads like a conversation, which is fantastic. Um, and it's a good story because it starts out, like I said, with him getting into floating and, and him building his first tank and then starting the manufacturing process and now what what got him here and uh, a lot of respect to Shane for for actually doing it for getting it done. I think that probably everybody on earth has said uh you know I should write a book or I want to write a book and he did it you know which is great. So congrats to Shane on getting it done. Uh like I said there's a lot of us who talk but but we don't do it and the difference is actually get getting it done which he did. So Good stuff, Shane. Very happy for you, man. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast. I hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, we can have another one coming out next week. And uh, hopefully every week thereafter that, I'm going to try and release them on Mondays. Mondays and Tuesdays if I have a second one. And uh, that's it. Thanks a lot for checking out the podcast, everybody. Uh, take care of yourself. Keep your tanks clean. Take care, friends.